Live from their separate recording spaces in Chicago, Illinois, the group with a weird obsession with Vincent D'Onofrio's performance in Men in Black invites you to their latest episode of Not the Oscars, It's D'Onofrio. Everyone, please welcome your host for this episode of Not the Oscars, Erica. Hi. Josh. What's up? And Anthony, who has been giving you this voiceover at the top of the podcast this whole time. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing pretty good tonight. I um, was another trash day in news, but I've managed to turn that around. Had some cauliflower pizza. I'm talking to two of my very favorite humans on the face of the planet. Yeah, I, I similar except I uh, I was doing good, and then I kind of turned inward after uh, drinking most of a German dark beer. So I'm get, I'm getting a little loopy, but I'm here. I showed up at the Oscars wearing. Uh, um, Adidas running shorts, fuzzy slippers, and uh, tank top. Should that be a thing now at the top of every single one? It's like, who are you wearing tonight? And then we have to say the <laughs> stupid ass thing that we have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Anthony, please ask. Please ask me who I'm wearing tonight. Erica, who are you wearing tonight? Well, Anthony. Um, Tonight I am wearing a, uh, on the verge of destruction, tank top from Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign that says, a woman's place is in the White House. I like this. Anthony, who are you wearing this evening? Um, I am wearing a pair of very, very old, um, polo, uh, like sweatpants shorts kind of um and i'm wearing an under armor top which i'm realizing i probably wore one too many times while working out because mm-hmm. it has the odd smell of like sweat that's just like stuck and like ingrained in the fabric that won't go away mm-hmm. and it's kind of giving me a headache but i'm just too lazy to go get up and change yeah see see back back in the days when working out in groups was a thing um you would have been the person in class that would be looking around trying to figure out where that smell was coming from but like surprise it's you um, one time i only put deodorant on one side of my body and i was confused <laughs> as to why everybody on my right smelled like shit <laughs> oh, certainly I, wouldn't have been me the, the the person not wearing a shirt uh so <laughs> glad you're taking the blame for that it's um, all good man for the record i am wearing pants just you know for those listeners you know, the, that's good the three of us combine form one fully clothed human being <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're wearing tonight it's the pandemic rules don't apply <laughs> um i'm really excited because we're doing things a little bit different you know we've gotten through the 90s which i think we all kind of decided like weren't as nice as we thought that they were Um, especially when you can't pick and choose your pieces of the 90s that you're interested in when you kind of get them assigned it's like oh 94 is a rough one um (laughs) so i'm excited that we've gotten into something a little bit more modern um we have not decided to to fully jump into another decade quite yet um because we're going to be playing around with, like, you know, the format a little bit, which I think is really fun. I think that once you get to a place, like, you can play within, like, the confines of the rule, it's like, cool, we'll take the training wheels off, let's fall down a little bit more. But I'm not going to lead us through that, because Eric is actually going to be the host for it. I'm just really excited for that. 
Um, so I'm going to turn that over to you so that you can guide us through what we're about to experience. I guess for our listeners' consideration today, we have for you um, the 2003 adaptation of a children's novel, Holes. Um, and we are going to be talking about Patricia Arquette's performance as Kate Barlow in that movie, um, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. So um, before we get started, I guess, kind of going through, like, picking apart the performance a little bit like we normally do, um, one thing, I guess, to know is we're doing our categories a little bit differently this week, so we're we're striking that 1 through 10 score from the record, um, we're just going to be kind of talking yeses and nos, uh, so hopefully it's a little bit easier for y'all to follow along at home. Um a brief synopsis of this movie. This is based off of uh, the young adult novel Holes about a young man named Stanley Yelnats who is, um, through a family history of some bad luck, sent to a juvenile detention center where he and the fellow his fellow inmates um, dig holes in the desert Um and this this story, which is taking place in in you know present day in the novel, is interwoven with uh, flashbacks from several generations past, and that's the storyline that we're going to be focusing on. Is this storyline and this relationship between this young uh, school marm um, who falls in love? What what year do you think that is taking place in? Like the thirties. I, I thought, I thought earlier. Earlier, I did too. But also, I'm like, I couldn't tell you like when that time period happened. Yeah. In terms of like, you know, like black and white relations, because I'm like, clearly that's not the East Coast, and well, that's kind of where I'm able to like place the, all of that. It takes the movie takes place in Texas. Um, yeah. And it, it's and like I, I couldn't tell you what the world was like during any period of any yeah. time. For some I, reason. I mean, I think we, we've got, we're definitely in a post-emancipation proclamation America. Um, 100%. I think I'm going to peg it for, with this, sorry, I'm going to weirdly peg this for like the 20s or 30s. Specifically, and this is something I know about from my childhood, the, you know, wherein they find the, the shell, like the bullet? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lipstick case. That type case. of bullet is... Yeah, yeah, that well that well but it kind of looks like one. Yeah. That that particularly is from that time period like it looking like that. So they're like, "Oh, this kind of looks like a bullet." Like it wouldn't have looked that at certain periods. Mm. Or at least that's when I'm going to peg it. Yeah, so so it, it's about her relationship with uh a young black man played by Dulé Hill and we want to talk about him a little bit. Um as well. Uh they fall in love and um that is not okay with the townspeople, and um, you witness fr- at a distance, but you witness a lynching in this movie, which is also kind of interesting for a kid's movie, um, but really important to the story and how the story moves forward, I think, too, in terms of talking about your main protagonist, who's played by Shia LaBeouf, who's obviously um, a young white man, and his best friend, um who is a young black man and the, and the way that their history moves forward is, is, is actually kind of interesting. I, I think it's almost a little bit ahead of its time in terms of 
how they the family mm. then deals with Hector Zeroni coming into their lives, um, which is interesting. But um, yeah, we're we're gonna specifically be talking about Patricia Arquette tonight, but. Um, I mean, first reactions and stuff to this movie holding up. Do you guys also want to talk about sort of what this movie or book has meant to you in your past? Uh, Josh, you want to go first? Nope. (laughs) Sorry, Josh. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. Because we all went into this. This is just my appetite for destruction. Because we all went into this deciding on a movie that we all knew very well so that we could uh, test something out, you know, test test out a new structure. And I uh, maybe bent the truth a little bit in saying that I had seen this movie before. And I've seen pieces of it, but this was my first full sit down uh, of this movie. This is this is my first rodeo. I did not read this book when I was a kid. In fact, I think I forcefully, like, I... I tried not to read this book just because everybody was talking about it and it was just like, ugh, I don't want to do what's popular kind of thing. So I just, And that I just, lingered years later to us doing this and you were like, I'm still not doing it. I, well, I, not purposefully, <laughs> but I guess so. It's just in my blood because, uh, it, you know, I, a certain period of time passed and then I just, I wasn't going to go back and revisit it. I just didn't care. I moved on to other stuff. That's fair. So here we are. I'm watching it for the first time. It was great. I mean, I loved I loved watching it. It was great. I mean, it was uh it's nice to see it's nice to see uh kind of kids movies that feel so based on the ensemble and you know, a true adventure movie where it's like it's submerged in kind of like eh, a little bit of the 90s idea that it's like fantasy uh yeah, in in from kind of the lens of a little kid because it's like this is what jail is like except it's like little kid jail, and uh, <laughs> I don't know this was straight up there's some straight up prison film. labor in this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, but like still from the perspective of like, and privatized yeah. too. Yeah, that's the, it's that's it's a very like dark when you talk when you think about the the structure of how those kids are there. Like it's straight up like evil uh but yeah i mean and uh there's a lot of sneaker talking i thought that was fun <laughs> so this movie came out in 2003 yeah um yeah it came out april 2003 um this was the year that i graduated eighth grade so right before i went to high school um and i remember that because like i was really looking forward to it like do y'all remember like the end of like you remember, like, you know, like your last days of college because, like, you're just phoning it in. You're like, you you can't break me. Like, I'm indestructible. And you get that a lot with high school, too, like, the last couple of days leading up to it. But, like, with middle school, you kind of do, too, but, like, nothing really matters. And I remembered, like, looking forward to this movie and, like, reading everything about it and being so, like, amped and hyped for it. And it was the first time that I realized, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, pass all of my classes and I'm going to go to high school and none of this matters anymore um it sucks you don't get that as an adult like there's no God, moment I like wish i had that <laughs> at work you kind of get it right before you quit a job like or like right after like you announce like your two weeks where you're like all right i get to soak this up because i ain't doing anything productive um but that was this movie for me it was like oh like i get to just enjoy like doing nothing for a little bit i remember like i looked at they had a flash game where you could play as uh stanley after he crashed the truck and you have to go find uh you had to go find zero and then you had to go take him to God's thumb. And then you had to go find the hole that had the stuff in it. 
And then like, that was how like you won the game. Um, I ate all of this up. Like all this shit was so much fun. Did you? So yeah, this movie means everything to me. Did you read the book? I did. Um, I I really liked the book too, which I think also fed into it. And this was also like because it was two thousand three. This is around the same time that like every young adult book was getting turned into a movie because Harry Potter did so well. Yeah. So mm. I was like amped for this joint to come out. Um, and like we talked about it too. Like I I kind of liked how vivid all of the characters were and they end up changing this in it but like stanley in the book is supposed to be like this overweight kid who while he's at camp like digging holes every single day he gets stronger and like he actually loses all of the weight and that's something they couldn't do in it but like i also identify with that where i was like i'm a chubby overweight kid maybe if i dug holes all day long i would also be strong (laughs) um or if somebody carried you to the top of a mountain um you know i didn't identify with every part of it like (laughs) but (laughs) That part, at least, I was just like, this is kind of interesting. Um, so, no, nah, I banged with the book hard. I, I was really looking forward to the movie. And, yeah, this is one where, like, if it came on, T, like, on TNT and, like, I was, like, you know, supposed to be going somewhere, I'll watch, like, ten minutes of it. Like, I'll be five minutes late. I'm not going to watch the whole thing, but I'll watch, like, a minute or two just to enjoy that. Yeah, so uh, this movie itself, so we've kind of been rambling a little <clears> bit about what it's about. Um, but Wait I think- a minute! Is nobody is nobody going to bring up that Stanley's mom, Siobaha Fallon Hogan, is one of the key roles in like the premise of this podcast movie? Oh fuck! Well, Siobhan, first of all, is how you pronounce that. <laughs> She's in the sugar waters. I don't. I don't know. She's in the sugar. Holy shit, Josh! I did not even put that together. Wait, really? I know I butchered the name, but at least I got I got somewhere with it. I didn't put it together because I had no idea who you were talking about when you said her name, and my mind went into overdrive. Stanley's like, mother. Like I immediately like I could like almost like go into like the mental roller decks of just like, have you ever heard somebody with that name before? And I'm like, <laughs> no. I've never said it out loud. Siobhan says that that's pronounced. Okay. I mean, that's not what it looks like, but that's that's how that's pronounced. <laughs> that's Holy because I'm trying shit. to phonetically say she it. She is Edgar's that's wife. Not, you're right. Edgar, what was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Um, so let's talk into so our, our first category has to do with how well this movie's held up over time. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um Let's, if we can, root some of the conversation in uh, Patricia Arquette and this character of Kate and how this really, like, sets off the domino effect that is the rest of this movie. Oh, and we also didn't talk about how Eartha Kitt also is a cameo in this, but we can get to that. Um, Oh, excuse me. Jesus. (laughs) This is going so well. Thank you. <laughs> I know that it has to do it's with me only. 1026. Um, uh, yeah, so l- let's talk about the, the staying power of this movie. And, and, you know, Anthony and I, I think, have, like, emotional attachments to this. But, uh, Josh, you can also kind of talk to us about how you're feeling kind of watching this with fresh eyes. Um, for me, this movie actually really... I don't think there's too much you would have to change about this movie to make this um, make this movie in 2020. Um, but discuss. No, I thousand percent agree. I would say that this movie is kind of like prime for 
a uh, a really like not well not like gritty gets thrown around but like not like a gritty kind of like you know mini series. I think you could easily turn this into like you know a six episode thing that's super dark. It shows like the world of what private prisons look like and how you have all of like these black kids and like brown kids that just so happen to all get sent here and you can then like look at like the race relations and like how like that was like a whole thing of like the backstory that then influences the later uh, the latter half of it like nah there's a lot of stuff here that you can really toy around with and mess around with and easily turn into an award-winning series yeah, that isn't yeah, that that isn't really the first thought that I had seeing this, but I compl- you know, you know, I put this in the in perspective of all the other movies of this time period and this one probably more than pretty much any of the other ones that we've touched feels like it's it has the most staying power particularly because of the subject matter, uh the cast and you know, the exploration that they have with all of those. And I can imagine like as an executive, you know, as like a producer at one of these studios, that's like, God, we need to pull from our history because we've got no more good ideas. Like this is an easy win because it's already like, let's make it. It already has a space for, you know, people of color and issues that are wildly outside of what you normally saw in the 1990s. So yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, but I think Patricia Arquette's setup for this movie and that romance um, and that storyline, like I would love to see more of that. Uh, not only in this movie, but in other movies. Like the the other kind, the other like it gives me the feeling of like that beginning stage of the Princess Bride. Yeah, where it's something like very, it's very delicate and it's very like um, without being too. Uh, 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 precious but it's just it's it's the core of the movie and kind of keeps everything moving without being too much about it but this one is more powerful because it's like politically charged it's you know socially charged it's just it's absolutely wonderful i think it has so much staying power in it yeah i um i think the one thing that i i didn't quite buy that I think if you were not looking at this adaptation and if you were looking at because this movie is already two hours long and I actually don't think it feels like a two hour long movie but um, Mm. I I think you could get into because you'd want like a whole episode um, to devote to their the relationship between Onion Sam and um, and Kate is the the one thing I didn't buy was I felt like the kiss where they get they get caught was a little brazen um you know like cause I I think she would know and he would know how dangerous that was um you know uh so I I think if you had a miniseries you could kind of really make that a little bit more um clandestine and like um tease that out a little bit more and make that more intense um but the rest of it um I think it's so interesting because the way that she originally approaches him and everything, that that whole interaction at the onion cart um, is really nice. It's subtle. I think you're playing to a children's audience where you can understand that they like each other, but there's something there that's that's not okay. And they, um, 
they don't really spell it out for you until it happens afterwards and and he's shot while he's in his boat that um these townspeople and particularly this mayor that she's she's shut down um because he's disgusting um that they don't like sam because he is black you know um which is um very real um I, I like that they didn't try to over-explain that to the audience, and they also didn't shy away yeah. from that being the reason either. Like, I thought it was actually like a kind of a decent way to represent that to a group of young people. Well said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um you know, I actually for, you know, when you're when you're t- just going back a, mo- a moment ago to what you were talking about, the um, that kiss, yeah. that moment and kind of their reaction to it. I actually now that I think about it more, I I, oh, I maybe I'm just thinking about this from the perspective of like the target audience that they would probably have for this movie, which is like, I don't know. I guess it was people our age at that point in like middle school, high school, but. Yeah. knowing the demographic for the book it might have been younger like it felt it felt pretty online with how the rest of the story kind of like yeah, the it, discoveries happen in it that it would be feel kind of like discoveries for them too in that moment like yeah. oh what have we done yeah because it is a pg is a pg film i will say that um yeah it's on disney plus right now for anyone who wants to watch it and um it's <laughs> when they do their little rating at the beginning it's pg and uh, it's rated PG because of suggestions of tobacco. So, um... <laughs> That's right. I saw that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Um, but... PG for intense yeah, reptile bites. You know what? You're right, Josh, because, like, that's kind of... Similar to A Princess Bride is... Although you don't have a literal narrator um, at, at that part like you kind of do in the beginning when they're talking about the story of Madame Zeroni and, and the original uh, Yelnat, Stanley Yelnats. Um, yeah. It has that feel to it. You're right. Of like, you're, you're, they're show, they are really showing this to you instead of telling you here. Um, yeah. It, I think that's the, the art of movies like this that are taken from children's novels or kind of told through the lens of a writer that does like young adult. Yeah. Is that is walking that line of like, we have to believe that these people are in believable situations, but that they don't have the knowledge or like all the all the wherewithal of like typical adults or else none of this shit would be as fun as it is like yeah. for a children's book. Yeah, and you know it's it's a it's a it is a chapter book, and it I, I would guess the target audience for this is like eight to fourteen. Um, yeah. it, that would be my guess. Um, so I, I think um, you know how are we how are we feeling just in a in a yes no capacity? Does this movie stand up for YouTube? Does this hold up in twenty twenty? Yes. Yes. So we got two yeses from Anthony. I'm going to give it three yeses. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I say that a, it does, yeah. Yeah, it's a yes for me. T- yes for me, too. Um, so our second our second category, um, you know, we used to call this singular sensation, but this deals with 
Um, the idea that this part works because of the actor or actress that was cast in it. Um, I love Patricia Arquette in this. She wears both the school marm look and the outlaw look so well. She's a delight to watch um, because she doesn't need to do or she doesn't need to say much for you to read her um, when she's not overacting. Um, she, the way she looks at Dulé Hill, the way they look at each other with such love is also just pure delight to watch. Um, and and then down to that very last scene where she um, she's. Sitting with that fucking bearded dragon, and um, you know she she like lets death come to her. It's it's just fun to watch. I she totally feels like that femme fatale kind of a, I, a character where I would totally believe that she would be catching these like gross, uh, stingy, racist white men off guard by looking so pretty and blonde and um, innocent, and then just murdering the crap out of them um i buy it like i i i feel like this could she's a real like i feel like she could have been that person uh in real life what about you guys agreed um no i think that like she plays both of the roles really well. It's really fun to to watch. It's 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 always fun to watch them in a movie where like they like, you get to see, like, the mom where, like, they snap and, like, they go to, like, the deep end, like, on a completely, like, different trajectory. So it's fun watching her, like, you know, like, the sweet school teacher who, like, late at night has to teach the illiterate men who are, like, half drunk and hitting on her, unfortunately. Like, you get to, like, see, like, the 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 two. And then you get to see the thing that snaps that then, like, brings that full chaos out. Um, nah, I think she does a really good job. I don't know anybody that would be better at doing it. Um, but this is one of those situations which, like, I think I don't give enough credit to sometimes. It's like, sometimes you don't have to find the person that was better if the person that was already really good is, like, sitting right in front of you, you know? Um, so, yeah, as far as, like, you know, her being, like, the only person that could have done it, I don't know. But she did it so well that I don't necessarily want to see anybody else do it. Where are you in this, job? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know Patricia Arquette's work that well. Like, I'd actually have to Google other things that she was in because I just can't think of them over the top of my head. But I'll tell you what. Uh, it's been a little while since uh, uh, Westworld has stopped. And uh, I love me some Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, I think she's fucking killer in that role. And this is like the fix that like I that I can't get right now in this movie because I absolutely love like just like her in that role like I absolutely love seeing like a like her come in and being able to play like both sides of this role like you like you described Erica so fluidly and it's just so fun uh watching somebody you know play in this case uh the you know the person working at a school versus like the outlaw uh so seamlessly so no i don't i don't really know where the rest of our work to compare it to you know but uh i absolutely i mean it, i think she absolutely killed it 
and it made me want to go back and watch more Westworld. So, uh, yeah, it does. About that. It does kind of have that feel to it. I think uh, casting world. If you're listening to this in the remake that we're going to pitch you, uh, Evan Rachel Wood is a great, uh, great consideration for that part. Um, they have a very yeah. similar vibe about them. Um, I think her the performance though also. Man, so I guess full disclosure, when we were originally thinking about this movie, we we were like, man, we should really talk about Dulé Hill. Anthony and I especially both just really have a soft spot for him. I think I've mentioned him on this pod before. Um, But the role just wound up not being uh, meaty enough to talk about for 30 minutes. Mm. Um, But I, I will say that she they play so nicely off of each other. That I I don't know that she I think she's so well supported by him in this. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. We can we can talk about Dulé Hill's different colorings of the phrase. Uh, I can fix that because man. I mean, and and to go to go back to what you were saying before, like Princess Bride, it is it is such a like as you wish feeling about <sighs> it, you know. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but it really does. Ugh. That's so sweet. Is that how you do like a flashback scene uh, that's just supposed to feel a little antiquated, but you're totally like entrenched in it as you give one of the characters like an endearing like catchphrase that (laughs) really means that they love the other person? Maybe. What would mine be? That's the only way that you can show somebody that you love them. Of course I love karaoke. That would be my own. Let's I don't know. Yes, you can have the last slice of pizza. There it is. Damn, Anthony. You That you, is yours. You take the microphone. That is yours. You take the last slice of pizza. I've never said that to anybody before. Keep that in mind. Like I wish, but like I haven't. <laughs> Nobody? Damn. I've never been in a situation before where, like, there's none left and there's only one slice and somebody else actually wants it. If given the opportunity, I'm sure that, like, I could utter the phrase, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm capable of saying it. I just haven't been in a situation where I've had to. Well, what if you're at, like, a party and, like, there's a pizza out and there's one slice left and Dulé Hill's, like, walking up to grab it? Like... <laughs> And I, like I would stop him, and do? I'd be like, whoa, 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 I can fix that. And I would just take the whole thing and be like, crisis averted. <laughs> I like that the example that you gave was Dulé Hill and not Anthony's wife. <laughs> You're like, there's no way he's doing it for her. Well, I mean, he didn't say it, so it's very clear where he stands on it. But like I said, like, I've never been in a spot Believe where, like, she's that. like, oh, like, there's, like, you know, like, one slice left of Vanessa's looking at it, and I'm just like... You can have it. Actually, I mean, you guys have been around that way. I've actually said that phrase a lot. Like, I've definitely said it that way. Like, I begrudgingly looked at it and just been like, "Uh." You guys have been around 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 each other long enough where you you know what the deal is. Like, you don't you don't have to do anything. But like, Dulé Hill shows up. Like, you got to make some choices. Yeah, like for me, like if that was like mine of like giving up the pizza, like I know how this is going to work. You're going to eat two slices, you're going to get full, and then I'm going to eat this until I hate myself, in which case there are none left. So there's never been a moment of like, you can have the last slice, (laughs) because 
there's no way that we're going to get to that point. Um, okay, straw poll, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Also yes. Um, so category, our third category has to do with um, tran- the transformative properties of being an actor. Um, so now she does play to two different parts. Well, no. Her character transforms. This is not two different parts. Her, her character transforms very drastically, does a total 180 in this movie. Um, do we feel like this is... Now, I, I know this is a little bit tough because, again, um, I don't think anybody here is, like, you know, head of the Patricia Arquette fan club but knowing that you know she got her start in nightmare on elm street and a few years ago she wound up she won an academy award for her role in boyhood which you know was filmed over a long period of time um she was on medium for a year that i think that tv show ran for like 10 years um so you know she's she's in true romance she's done a lot of like her her career is varied um but this was this was this is i think an interesting piece of it um so in terms of transforming and and doing what she's doing from start to finish um what are your thoughts hard to judge because i don't know her whole career like you said but the good thing about this one is that we get to see two different... Ca- we get to see the, the same character almost become two different people. Yeah. So I think we're kind of lucky in this situation. Um, and it's also dope because like there's like slight nuance of like, oh, like, yeah, the kissing Kate Barlow that you saw at the top of this movie. She's still there. It's just like, you know, she's... Because of life's experiences, become a very different person. But yeah, like, she's still there. Uh, you know, just by looking at her filmography, you know, knowing that she started on Nightmare on Elm Street, which is, I mean, I don't know if you guys, if you've, if either of you have seen that, but it's a, it's a trip. Nightmare on Elm Street 3. So that's the one. Oh, three. Oh, so we're in the super camp movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's hard to believe anybody coming out of that with a serious career. Let's be honest. Johnny Depp did it. Patricia Arquette in this movie, transforming. Yeah, we, we, we do get to see, like, really two sides of the coin from her, which is kind of cool. Um, it's helped along a lot by costuming, for sure. Um, her hair and wardrobe in this movie for her is really neat, I think, because you, you go from this, like, no makeup and the hair all pulled back and the high-necked collar to, like, this kind of, like, sexy Western look with the red lips. And um, you watch her die which is also a thing that I think is really diff- you you have to watch her uh watch her lover be shot publicly um she is sexually harassed multiple times within that sequence um and then you get to watch her like do some cool stuff on horses with guns and um it's yeah it's That's it's true. a delight to watch her in this movie mm-hmm I say yes. I'm going to give it a no. Why? Oh, because I don't know. Because I'm at like an 80, 85% on it. And like, I'm trying to figure out how, 
is that is that going to default to yes? I don't know. Part of me is like, it depends on what that 85 means to you. If I ate 85% of a meal, I'd pay for it afterwards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anthony, like, <laughs> you're, you're, um, oh my God. The way that you talk about things through food as examples is one of my reasons for getting up in the morning. I'm just saying, like... If Comparing I, everything to food. P- the last slice of pizza. <laughs> food brings people Fine. together. If somebody... No, I'm you're right. <laughs> no, you sold me on that first one. I'll give it a yes. You're right. Oh. I'm still trying to think through this. Oh, wow. Because I was actually going to say no. Really? Yeah. So, I I think it's really fun to watch her. Um, But I don't know that, like... it's it's a It's a really fun thing to watch her do it. But... And I think it's... You know, what she's doing, I think she's still playing it, like, within a safe bounds of... She's doing it perfectly for, um, the like, the audience at hand. But I don't know that if I was, like, looking at this performance up against, um... Mm-hmm. Like, the drama version of this, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if I score it the same way. Yeah, I'm gonna change back to no. Yeah. I think I should have just gone with my gut on that one. And I will ride this out by myself. As you should. Okay, so this next category would be the category formerly known as the category formerly known as chicken salad out of chicken shit, which we we know doesn't work. Um, okay, so the- we have to keep calling it that. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. <laughs> so this category we are talking about the handling of the text and the relationship and, and how the actor works with that alongside um, the other, th- their, their fellow scene mates. Um, oh, I th- I, you go for it, Anthony. No, no, no. Uh, so it's basically like, you know, does, does this person make the script better? Do they make the, the scenes that they're in better? Yes. Are they like the bacon of the the movie? Do they just make everything better? More food references. Hey man, it's high. It's high. Get down. Um, not knocking it. I am on the fence with this one, only because I would argue that in a lot of the scenes, I'm more interested in how she played. I'm more interested in the other person in the scene. Did that make sense? Like when I think of like all like the scenes with like her and like Sam, I'm I love their relationship, but I love Dulé Hill. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think the I think the writing supports that though. Where when you're in those scenes, like you're really you're looking to his response or like what he's gonna say in those scenes. Like you can, you can almost kind of see the trajectory that she's taking a little bit more clearly. Is that, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think she handles this really well. Um, it's the script is, I actually think, very well written. In that, yeah. it real and and I do I do actually w- give credit to Lewis Sacker on that because I know that he was involved in the script writing process for this and it's his source material and I, I think he adapted it really well for screen um, and, and you know this was written before it was kind of like I'm writing this keeping in mind that this might be you know my my meal ticket on this is 
he's getting this turned into a movie someday. Um, I think the script is actually really well done because it gives everyone a lot to work with. I think there's there's a reason why the actors that you have attached to this are like why Sigourney Weaver and John Boy are also in this movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, they're kind of fun parts to play. They're big parts. They're like in terms of where where you can mess around with with playing playing to the audience, um, which is young people and their parents that are taking them to this movie. Um, and I think she really actually, like I said before, I touched on this, does actually a really remarkable job of without having too many lines, her and Dulé Hill both, they don't have a remarkable number of lines in the script or, or, you know, too many speeches and whatnot. She kind of has that one right before she dies at the end, but, um, they do a lot of, uh, showing, not telling, which is, is, is kind of nice, um, in, in this movie. That's true. All right, fine. He gets a yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could say it any better than what you just said, uh, Erica. I think you kind of ousted, ousted what, uh, anything I had to say. Wow. I, I silenced you both. That's... I'm going to give myself a D'Onofrio for that. Um, yeah, two and one. Um, are we ready to vote then? Yes. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna give this one a yes. 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 Um. All right. It's only three yeses that time. Got it. <laughs> so our final category kind of talks about how um, this works in with this person's career. Um. I think unlike when we've talked about this in the past about like, you know, where does this fit into their career? Did did it launch their career? You know, this is this is towards the beginning of hers um, in terms of like things taking off. But, you know, considering the fact that her first movie was in 1987, this was made in 2003. It's not like she wasn't working during that time. Um, so. I don't know. I, I, I think this is a, this is a fun one for anyone to put sort of in their like a feather in their cap. Um, I I like this part for her. I think I yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. All right, I'm struggling with this one. I don't know how to talk talk to this one. Me too. I think like I, I the way like I look at a lot of the ones that we've done. I'm like. If somebody was going to make action figures of your life or like of your like career and they could only make three, what are the three they're going to make? And we did it with like Sister Act and we've done it with like a bunch of other people too. I don't know that they're making a Kiss and Kate Barlow action figure or like yeah. if they're going to like, you know, look like if they did like, you know, like a lifetime achievement, I don't know that they're picking this one. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. I just don't know that this is like. Like, if this popped up alongside, like, Boyhood, I'd be like, this makes Boyhood look kind of, like, a little bit cheaper, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For that, I will say no. Josh? Yeah, I'll also give it uh Oh, sorry. That was that was peaky. Uh, I'm also going to give it a no. Yeah, I'm also a no on this. Uh, all right, Anthony and Erica, we've gotten this far. We've been 
addition out votes for all of these categories. Now we have one extra point. We'll call this a bonus point uh, to help determine whether or not uh, Patricia Arquette will be get receiving the award. Uh, she needs a total of uh, 18 to score this victory. Uh, and we each have one more uh, to assign as an overall. Uh, what do we all think? I really like this performance. And I really enjoy this movie. I will not be giving out extra points. There I go. Yeah, I will also not be giving out extra points. Um, I just, I loved it. I was just kind of trying to bump it up against some of the other just like powerhouse performances we've talked about. And um, mm-hmm. it's just not there for me. I know, but I think that's okay. Well, it's definitely not going to be secured with mine, uh, but I'm also going to give it a no. Uh, I had a blast watching it. I thought it was exactly what was needed in this movie to make it fun and make it right and make it timely, which is probably like my favorite part about it. But uh, no, I'm I'm not going to give it to it. So all those together, uh, I believe that's a 10 possible votes out of an 18 which means that Patricia Arquette will not be getting the award. It's unfortunate, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a really good performance and that the role wasn't really good. I agree. Uh All right, so I guess that means this week um, Vincent gets to hold on to the award this week. We're not giving him away to Patricia, um, but we... Loved watching this movie, and um, would you guys recommend other people watch this movie? Oh, 100%. A thousand percent. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. Um, it's on Disney Plus for those of you who are subscribed to that if you want to watch it for free. Um, but you can also, I'm sure, rent it on on other places where you can rent movies digitally or just go to Anthony's house because I'm sure he owns this on DVD. I do. Blu-ray. He's probably got it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I got the DVD. I never upgraded it to Blu-ray, so it's got one of those like oh, those real yeah. crappy, like weird menus. Actually, the menu's not bad. The menu's like one of those live ones. It's one of those like two thousands menus where if you fall asleep to it, you won't wake up to this shit at three o'clock in the morning. Yep. Want loot because it won't turn itself off. Yep. Mean Girls had one of those. Came out in the same era. I hear that. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you like this episode, give us a review on your... not doing that. Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us this week. If you like this episode, give us a review on your favorite listening platform. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NotTheOscars or email us at GetMeSugarWater at gmail.com to submit a performance that you think... Did somebody really just delete that shit while I was reading it? (laughs) I accidentally... I accidentally... I'm sorry. That was the worst thing I've ever done. I'm I wasn't sorry. sure if it was you or I'm me. So <laughs> I was just, I pressed it once and I, Anthony, I'm so sorry. I'm not, I'm sorry. <laughs> me and Anthony. I'm crying. I'm sorry. I really did not intend to do that. That clear button just popped up out of nowhere. And my, it's like your thumb touches the screen without you meaning to. Wow. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to do it again.
Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you like this episode, give us a review on your favorite listening platform. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NotTheOscars or email us at GetMeSugarWater at gmail.com to submit a performance that you think deserves the Vincent D'Onofrio Award. Thanks again and see you again next week. 